just gonna, I'm gonna take this time to speak from the heart. I'm just gonna lay it down how I feel. This is for you. Saying goodbye to Britta was the hardest thing to do. But when someone's a bitch and a liar, there ain't nothing left to woo. I'm getting rid of Britta. She's gotta go. I'm getting rid of the bee. She's an all good bee. I'm getting rid of Britta. I'm getting rid of the bees. She's a GDB. Take it, Pierce. What? 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 Hell yes. I didn't know when I saw her blonde hair that she could ever be that way. So tiny and small, she seemed to have it all, but she made me say, bitch, hey, that ain't cool. I'm getting rid of Britta. I'm getting rid of the bee. She's an all good bee. I'm getting rid of Britta. She's gotta go. I'm getting rid of the bee. She's a GDB. Come on. One more time for me, Pierce. Ha! Say it ain't so. It isn't like I would ever hit her, but I would sell her to the highest bidder. She bought me out, she bruised my soul. She lied to my heart, she left me less than whole. I'm getting rid of Britta. I'm getting rid of the bees. She's an all good bee. I'm getting rid of Britta. It's not healthy, man. I'm getting rid of the bees. She's a GDB. Come on, Pierce. I just. Britta's a bee. I'm just speaking the truth here. Brit is a bee. They counteract you, or there's nothing they could have done because the whole narrative was about it's you're not important. And counter that with Star Wars, which narrative right. is also you're not important. But they somehow fucked that up. So. Why <laughs> can't? Ray and Kylo just have like a good bond. Why does it have to have oh. a name? Why does it have to be a force dyad? Can't they just be hot for each other? Can't they just be Can't buddies? They just in- have complicated relationships. I don't even think I don't even like the fact that they were hot for each other. When they kissed, spoilers, when they kissed, <laughs> it lost every single person in the theater. I remember going oh, on Christmas. Not me. Right? Because not me. No. I wanted that hot angry sex. But you, oh no, it pissed me off so much. I I was like, in what fucking world would these two people who have been trying to kill each other, who've then reconciled, like that should have been such? They they also that's part of why it's so hot is because they just tried to kill each other. It's why it's so incestuous and disgusting. They followed it up with her. No, All right, now, Jace, Jace, like, I'm a Skywalker, and I'm like, your siblings, and you're kissing. This is disgusting. Jace, I am on your side until i saw the movie star wars episode 8 the last jedi in which while not even being in the same room with each other ray and kylo were about to like force choke each other in a hot way (laughs) and like fucking strip down over their force skype i i did i did not think they had it until that movie proved that they want to bone so hard it was like can you put a shirt on kylo was like no 
and they they have this climactic duel where they're side by side as the as the big red room rains down fire all around them and they just can, they come to blows at the end yeah, of it and i'm like, like oh I these two are going to tear each other's assholes these, open <laughs> these two are destined to anger fuck just I don't it's know, the I only don't way it. i can justify it a little bit as like original trilogy like luke and leia not knowing their siblings and like kissing that well, they're not siblings What's Ray's last name? What's the whole title of the ninth movie? Oh, well, Ray's she is Skywalker. Though. I know. Yeah, she, she changed her name. <laughs> she decided to be a Skywalker. So either she decided to be a Skywalker a dead the... guy no. that she was. She decided to, to be a Skywalker, but they're not related by blood. That didn't change her so DNA. Like I just that's like two like people. That's like two people named Smith getting married, and you being like, they must be related. <laughs> no, it's still gross. I, I mean. Like it. Jace, the only answer I have for you is that the ending of Rise of Skywalker is so fucking bone-dead stupid that, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Why no, would she name that, herself that, Skywalker? That, why would... For this whole thing. Why would, when her only motivation is to leave the desert behind and find her identity, does she end this franchise in a different desert in the place Luke Skywalker ran away from? Why does she change her last name to Sky? She lives in, Ray lives in this galaxy where everyone demands to know your last name. There are like three instances of that movie where someone's like, what's your name? And she's like, Ray. And they're like, no first and last name and she's like uh and uh that's that's why she changed her last name to star wars <laughs> i just i don't know i'm it raised all uh oh don't uh, get it don't get it wrong that movie didn't do it for anybody in this phone in this phone call <laughs> i think i think the other reason why it pissed me off so bad is because like as 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 as, as a queer when fucking star wars is like there's the first lesbian kiss in star wars in the ninth movie and it is the tiniest little like cameo moment not in the focus of the scene and it's like a slight little peck that happens but that's what they're pitching and then they for a reason that like seemingly just feels cheap had the two people that have been antagonists that just incredibly recently joined onto the same side like it just seemed like a weird kiss moment and then and i came out of that being like the only reason they had that kiss was so that they could be like well that wasn't the like the lesbians weren't the only people kissing like calm down we're not that gay like it just felt like retracting like they're like they were like we're gay but like not like that and i was like y'all come on you All tried. Right. you really you're, you're tried not- you're not wrong, and this next statement needs to be taken with the framing of what I am saying, so don't hear me first. I'm excited. There's a lot... Kevin is sipping this. <laughs> There's a lot... Getting ready for my spit take. Go ahead. There's a lot of Republican energy in, Mar- in Disney. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Oh, 100%. And because of this... 100%. Because of this, because of this we haven't... They're like, there was a gay character in Avengers, which like was a big deal. It was only a big deal because of the Republican energy in Disney. Like, the directors, the we know the Russo brothers from this oh, yeah, show we're talking about yeah. now. They do not, they did not play that character up when they interviewed. They were like, you played a character. And the interviewer was like, that guy was talking about his hus- his boyfriend? And he was like, yeah, the guy was gay. And they were like, there's a gay character. That wasn't what their point was. Right. And also, and yeah. also, at the end of Star Wars, there's that yes, there's that lesbian kiss, and everyone's like, "Damn, that happened!" But like, 
That's just filmmakers trying desperately f- to get their. It happened to, get over to, the to get the 47th lead yeah. of that movie. It happened to a, a background character, yeah. big nosed engineer. It's so silly. I mean, like, there's a lot of Republican energy going on in the in the Marvel space. Not oh my god, only the limited to Captain the person America that owns just it. Straight up propaganda, but like, doesn't mean I don't. Love Captain it. America is like the purest representation of what a Republican could be if they weren't a fuck up. <laughs> right, Jesus yeah. Christ! It's what he they is. want to be, he but is. are so right. so far away from. Uh, Captain America is the epitome of Independence Day if it wasn't also kind of racist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, also, Marvel movies are like, and I'm impressed. I'm impressed the degree to which this is the least sexy franchise of all time. Like it is the. There are a lot of hot people in these movies. These are not hot movies. Do, do you understand like yeah, the distinction yeah. I'm drawing there? Yeah. Like in the comics, it- Black Widow fucks. <laughs> Right, like any in the of the movies, she does not. None of these characters fuck. Even <laughs> yeah. Tony like stops fucking. Yeah, uh, like, uh, like, like he... I, uh, uh, Bucky tried to ask Captain America about his fucking, and he said, "Nah, I'm not gonna tell you." <laughs> I'm not gonna do it. Like no one, like Thor doesn't fuck. You're trying to tell me that Thor doesn't fuck because I picked a different. <laughs> the only ones that fuck are the Guardians of the Galaxy. Canonically, they fuck. Not fucking. Yeah, you're trying to tell me they don't. Oh fuck. my! Oh my God! Your hammer pulls you off. <laughs> yeah, hammer pulls you off. Yeah, no, you no, try no. to tell me I... that that Thor is not our uh, bisexual hero, our bisexual sexual dynamo. I uh, I live for the day that we get a scene of Thor in a room full of naked people, just because that's Thor. He's that's a Thor. hedonistic, narcissistic fuckboy in the better way. No, he's just a fuckboy. Yeah, he's just a fuckboy. If you, want, like, if you he, want to like, if you want to dissuade yourself from any idea that everyone thinks that gods are ben- beneficent, just read through yeah. Norse mythology. Odin's yeah. terrible. Thor's terrible. Loki's Thor's terrible. terrible. Thor all, is our the himbo representation that we need. Thor <laughs> is himbo. our 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 favorite himbo. That's fucking funny. I've never. I'm unfra- I'm un- I'm unaware of what a himbo is. Oh, uh, yeah, male bimbo, himbo. <laughs> okay, I googled it. He's what a little mistake. himbo. What a fucking mistake! I googled it. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh no! Oh no! I closed that tab as fast as I possibly could. Oh, you found oh. my uh, porn parody of Dumbo called Himbo? Yeah, it's great. <laughs> the elephant is so muscular. Ow! <laughs> Get me off this show. This is, of course. Uh, advanced community studies uh, <laughs> podcast about community about a, him- uh, we... about a himbo who finds his way into a community college well you're not <laughs> wrong completely you're, honest. Not, you're not wrong <laughs> you're not wrong um uh we are the greendale three i am of course uh tv's kevin lanigan and i am like grumpy old men only not hilarious <laughs> i'm jace i use they them pronouns and i am the ghost of pierce's dead father <laughs> I am Caleb, and for this episode, I'm Batman. <laughs> yes. Uh, Can yes. I ask you something? I always wanted to ask the real Batman. Yeah. Am I good looking? You're a very attractive young man. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> I, knew I knew it. it. <laughs> Have you seen the outtakes of that? <laughs> Oh yeah, he asked like four hundred like different questions. improvised questions. He also has a and bunch of improvised. Uh, it's like Grumpy Old Man, but not hilarious. <laughs> <laughs>
He has like thirty of those too. I like. I love that he's dressed up as like Eddie Murphy, circa the eighties. Like that is such a yes. Like a reference the that the Halloween costume right choices now, but like, oh, brilliant. Either right or is he doing? Michael Jackson Thriller. No, he's got the mustache. No, he's yeah. he's Eddie Murphy Raw. He's Eddie. It's yeah. the mustache. He's Eddie Murphy yeah. Raw. Um, yeah. The the we're seven episodes into this TV show, and they absolutely nail everyone's Halloween costume. Yeah. Uh, Annie being like her version of kind of like fun and flirty in the skeleton costume. Britta doing the least sexy costume possible with that squirrel. Uh, sure, no one understands what Shirley is ever supposed to be. Abed is Batman. Uh, Jeff eventually finds a cowboy costume. He must always be casually handsome. <laughs> Pierce's Beastmaster. BC desperately wants to seem cool and hip, but he's fucking Beastmaster. <laughs> it, it's just, and then, of course, nobody gets it except Starburns. Yeah, Starburns, of course. Starburns the gets the it degenerate. <laughs> Absolutely. My name is Alex. Why didn't you spend five hours carving that into your face? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's excellent. It's one of the best. Uh, so the first episode we're going to cover here tonight is Introduction to uh, Statistics, uh, directed by Justin Lin, who you might know uh, as the maestro behind the Fast and Furious franchise. It's the uh, second episode so far, right? It's his first episode. Everything uh, before this is a Russo brother joint, uh, but he does three total episodes throughout the show. Okay, okay. Um, they're all in season one because after season one, Justin Lin becomes one of the biggest directors in the entire world. Uh, but before that, he directs three episodes of Community, and this is the first. This is Ultra, uh, the introduction of one of my favorite side characters, uh, Professor Slater. If I might start the Jeff Winger waifu wars, uh, Jeff should end up with <laughs> Professor Slater. It's yeah. who he should be with. Yeah. It makes more sense than Britta or Annie. Yeah. He should be with Professor Slater. Honestly, yes. I you're not gonna get an argument out of me from that. I think that she uh, she she's great. I love I love the moment that so they make their way to the faculty party, right? And they're all saying a bunch of bullshit as they're leaving, right? And they're like, you're on this, you're on that, and then fucking Troy just goes, you're right, she's very attractive, and it's just completely unrelated to all of the. I I totally butchering this moment, but it was one of those moments where, you know, it's like it's it's the show kind of builds up this tension, and for for a moment, you as the viewer are like, oh shit, like what's gonna what's gonna happen, and then Troy comes in and just completely cuts the tension <laughs> with a beautiful one liner, and it's 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 one of those moments where it's like this is why I love this show. <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely uh so uh slater is played by actress uh lauren stemiel who i have uh, who apparently is on like one episode of everything you could possibly uh, uh yes. want to see an actor on uh but i the only other thing i've ever seen her on with my eyes was when i was flipping through the channels once and i came across the tv show burn notice Yo, um I, that show. I fucked with that show i all did the way like to that show yeah all the way to the end she shows up and she's like, you gotta understand, I'm a bulldog. And I'm like, this is a great show. This is an excellent <laughs> piece of TV. <laughs> that whole Bird show is like over-the-top melodrama at all times. It's the best. It's, it's fun, though. There's something really fun. fun about, like, it's fun. No, I mean, for the complete 
inundation of cop dramas that we get, it's at least For exciting sure. that this one has some sort of spy element to it. Like, and it was like yeah. it was like a spy noir take because every time they went yeah. to go do something, Michael Weston would be like, "When you want to do this," and would like walk through it. So it was like this it weird like, like the how it, yeah, it was this weird like how things are made vibe to yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> it was a really it was a really cool device, and I mean, was it was it high quality? go that far but it was entertaining and enjoyable take it back you that era of usa uh (laughs) programming with like royal pains and white collar that's like those are right yeah usa uh characters welcome though that is an excellent (laughs) slate of just like fucking watchable tv you yeah. know, you know, like you, those are the perfect shows to you're you're in a hotel room. You have an hour to kill. You start an episode of Royal Pains. Maybe you finish it. Maybe you don't. Yeah. But like you had a good time, a nice sunny time. It's two, it's two things. They're not formulaic enough to make you go away. Uh huh. But they're formulaic enough to make you stick around to see what the formula is. Right. Yeah. Because if, yeah. if I turn on if I turn on TV and Blue Bloods is on, I'm like fuck off. But if I turn on the TV and white collars on, I'm like, is it? Oh. Is he the bad guy or is he the good guy? I don't know. We'll I think never the know. epitome, the epitome of those two things of it's not formulaic enough to scare you, but formulaic enough to keep you is Person of Interest, which may be one of the best TV shows ever. It's very good. It's it's written by Jonathan Nolan. So if that's any indication, like. Christopher Nolan's brother. Christopher Nolan. Yeah, Christopher Nolan's brother. It's it's like his one of his passion projects. So like, whew, and also I just got goosebumps. There's an episode of the last season that's my probably my the best episode of TV in my opinion. Wow. Hey. The best episode that's of TV. A that's a yeah. Shame. Person of interest, which stars uh, Ben Linus from Lost and Jesus. Jim Caviezel. Jim Caviezel as Jesus. And Sarah Shahi, who, if we're going to talk about Slater and smoke shows, we have to include Sarah Shahi. Sorry, go on. We can we can carry on. I'm not. No, I mean you know, uh, due diligence <laughs> must be paid. We try not to get uh, uh, creepy or lewd, but you know sometimes you just have to fucking salute how hot someone is. You yes. just have to. You're like, <laughs> goddamn, throw up the fucking salute. Uh, you did it. You're. Very hot, and that's, you and that's, won I don't the think there's anything wrong with that. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Yeah, you won whatever fucking lottery is going on here. I just saw like a a women's health photo shoot of Allison Brie, who's like 37 years old, and I'm like, you won the yeah. fucking genetic lottery. You took yeah. it home. When I found out Paul Rudd was 50, I was like, fuck off, dude. <laughs> Oh my god, it's insane. Paul Rudd still looks exactly the same as he did in Romeo and Juliet when Leonardo DiCaprio looked like a child. 100%. Now, here's here's Paul Rudd's secret. And it's and it's not like many think a portrait of Dorian Gray up (laughs) in his attic that ages when he does not. Paul Rudd has been famous since he's like 20, and he has uh, I'm sure access to yeah, he's got the fucking like good skin well, cream what money. To Leonardo DiCaprio, because that dude does not look great. S- substance abuse. On, he spends his money on liquor. Yes. <laughs> cigarettes. <laughs> cigarettes. And That's mo- your model ticket. Girlfriends. 
that's your secret is that paul rudd dates adult women and has never been in a horrible spiral of uh of consumption leonardo dicaprio dates high schoolers and uh, and just drinks like a fucking fish and and that's why he looks why he does now that's this healthy living and also have a lot of money those are the secrets i'm convinced that jennifer aniston and paul rudd will outlive the human race Absolutely, because they've been famous for a long time, and they've never been uh, publicly inebriated. (laughs) That's the secret. So Halloween, uh, (laughs) Abed Abed dresses up as Batman. It's It's very funny. Uh, yeah, it's iconic. I think this is the moment where the show fucking truly takes off. Um, these are not the two best episodes we've watched so far, but you're like, wow, if this is like their filler episodes, if this is just their like cruising from big episode to big episode, um, fucking excellent work. This is a very good TV show. Right. Just like they, they, I think this is one of the first times where we get, uh, a scene that is like not like kind of like a non-linear non-realism kind of storytelling for a moment where uh pierce is tripping and we see annie doing the little skeleton dance and like all these (laughs) other things like we enter the realm of that kind of uh uh that ecstasy trip that he's on um yeah and it's it's Um, exciting to see that they're just like yeah we'll play around let's fucking do it for sure. How they, uh, when they were filming uh, Alice and Bree's section of that, where they like stick her in front of a green screen and throw out every 60s and 70s reference they could think of, uh, Chevy Chase walked into the room when they were doing it and got very, very mad. Just got like explosively angry at what was transpiring. Wait, really? why? Because <laughs> he is old, I guess. <laughs> he was offended as an old. Oh, yeah, but the whole, how could he not, that's what did it for him, not the entire episode be being about him being old, and he has to look at his own hands and go, whose hands are these? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, uh, like many uh, uh, verbal uh, bar-based comedians of his era, uh, Chevy Chase has the fucking thin skin of a water balloon, and you just need to, like, breathe on him wrong, and he'll fucking lose his contents. His contents. He'll spill like an overfilled bucket. Precisely. Uh, so I guess in the trajectory of the show so far, where every episode is Jeff and another character, I suppose this is nominally the Annie episode. There's a much better Annie episode, like two episodes from no, now. No, it's the Jeff but I su- episode. Oh, yes. One of the core cast members of Community, uh, <laughs> Professor Slater, uh, yeah. whose first name we all too. know. Oh, it's Michelle. Episode. They were like, let's introduce someone new. I, yeah. I, I, I do see the I do see the Annie thing. It is kind of playing with, you know, Annie. It's it, that we get that kind of close up uh, look at Annie and her relationship with friends and, you know, popularity and her addressing her high school stuff. Um, you know, this will be the first yeah. party that anyone shows up to and doesn't leave early because they have to catch the news. <laughs> oh, when, she and, starts, uh, when she starts sobbing in the hallway like and Jeff's sobbing. like alright I'll go and she's like alright I can for two bags of ice and I'm sleeping paper cups <laughs> <laughs> I just want to be chill <laughs> laid back 
<laughs> nobody, nobody does the cry like Allison Brie. Nobody, so <laughs> the best in the game oh, at get, the cry. We also got uh, another. Was it Leonard cameo? He's the old guy who's from the pool episode. Yeah, Leonard. What happens? He's he's sitting down on the bench and he walks. Uh, Jeff walks out of the classroom with the. Uh, with uh with Slater and she, what happened? She says something to him and she walks off revealing that he's in the background sitting at a bench and he goes, Hoo <laughs> <laughs> And it's just like one of those like perfectly placed, timed out, like efficiency of storytelling things that this show does so well. It's like always pay attention to the background. It's always got something extra for you. Yes, one hundred percent. Uh, and I, I want to, uh, I want to shout out the man Justin Lin, uh, who directed this episode. And TV directing is different than movie directing, because really, in a TV episode, like the director will make certain choices about specific placements, but mostly you're kind of sinking into a rhythm that is already there. But Lin's mark is all over this thing. There's a very kinetic episode of Community with like, you know, the the way the scooter moves through frame and, and we have all that. these kinetic like, shots. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and like there's that, uh, you know, quote unquote thrilling sequence where he pulls uh, Albed pulls them both out of the collapsing table fort. Um, mm-hmm. But it's it's it has a sense of like movement that this show has not had so far. Uh, where it's usually just like, we put a camera here, and we put a camera here, and you two are going to talk. Uh, but this has like a nice, we have like a nice, uh, you know, some tracking movements with Jeff and Slater, uh, some some interesting camera angles and reveals. It's a, it's some pretty yeah. top-notch TV work. Uh, the, whole, the whole deconstruction of Jeff trying to hit on Slater at the faculty event, mm-hmm. and as it falls apart, that whole thing is very kinetic and like in motion and it's super super good like when Britta walks up and and michelle's like oh are you a classmate of jeff's and he's like well when you say it like that it sounds like we take naps together and he paced (laughs) (laughs) yeah but then he ends it with like a lot of the students are just as mature as teachers and then (laughs) troy or abed walks up in a batman costume (laughs) yeah (laughs) but still working in the batman voice and then like he follows them off to kick them out and then cut like just the way the, the the scene is framed, like he walks back to Slater, says, "Hey now, little doggy," and she goes, un, un, "What does he say? Unseemly," and walks away. And he goes, "Damn it!" Like it's just movement, 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 movement. It's yeah. Oh, it's really well put together. It's all the cross. They do these. There's a rule of comedy that too many modern comedies sort of eschew because it's just like filmed improv. But people entering and leaving the frame is funny. That that yeah. process is funny, and so like having Slater sitting. Oh, absolutely. The funniest shot in movie history is that one in Hot Fuzz where the Andy like pops out and pops back in. It's oh, it's oh, it's exceptional like, shit. It's very oh, when the dude tries to give him like, cake and he's like, no, yeah. thanks," and it goes back. No thanks. It's like the cake is like pointing <laughs> in his face. At his face. <laughs> And Edgar Wright is like the only fucking person doing oh, that. And it's so, so funny. And Scott so Pilgrim is wall to wall. Like when the greatest exit in movie history when Scott Pilgrim leaps through the window in the background. It's fucking, it's top notch oh, shit. Yeah. And so, yeah. It's so good. Have you guys seen the. I, think I kind of credit just... that too, though, because like he, I mean, he is, you know, being British does have an impact on that and the relationship that film has with theater in British cinema is a little bit closer. And there's something distinct about understanding that like 
farces. Like you, you do not have a farce without people leaving in that, like the doors slamming and opening. That's baked into comedy when it comes to stage, and they translate that really well in like the UK. And that's kind of like my uh, my number one favorite play of all time. Noises off is that oh for an entire God. play. Brilliant. It's that it's for an entire show. play. Yeah, that's great. There's this other show that was like on Broadway for a while. I think it's still on Broadway. It might be off Broadway right now. Called um, nothing's on uh, Broadway right now. Well, right. <laughs> it's called the play Broadway that goes East wrong. Closed. Play that goes wrong, and it's it's very similar. It's 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 absolutely hysterical. But it's it's constant people coming. It's not quite the same level as Noises Off, where the whole stage kind of rotates around and you see behind the scenes. But it's it's. Just that kind of time-tested relationship with, like, entering and exiting. And this is yeah. definitely a time where we get to see that. And and it, But they also use entrances and exits, even if, if they're not, like, leaving the frame, you know, in this episode. But they use them really efficiently, even just for characters. Like, there's the whole, you know, Jeff kind of blows up at them at the faculty party. And it's just Abed, like, you're not Batman, you know? And then... Abed, for the first time in the whole episode later on, speaks in his regular voice and says, I know I'm not Batman. You don't have to be a jerk. <laughs> or, or, or something like very, like very much like kind of one of those like really smart semantic linguistic kind of twists that it's, it's, it simultaneously acts as a joke, but it is not in the slightest funny in that moment. <laughs> oh, for sure. You feel so badly for Abed because you're like, this poor guy is nothing but wholesome good. And just just being a jerk. He's just being a jerk. And you know what's <laughs> funny? Seventeen times in this episode, Abed entering the frame as Batman and going like, "Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's it's funny every time." It's these simple, simple, simple pieces of comedy. With Abed as Batman, right? This is this is the only just one. one. To my recollection, just one. This is the only one. No, Why no. There's there's another show? one. There's another one. Oh, okay. There's yeah, one yeah. more. Is what I was trying to articulate gotcha. and uh, failing to do so. I know numbers. Yeah, uh, it's great. Uh, shall we segue into our uh, second episode of the hour? Uh, Home Economics, uh, directed by Anthony Russo, uh, written by Lauren uh, Pomerantz. Uh, uh, Britta and uh, Shirley find out that Jeff is sleeping in his car uh, because his uh, he's been kicked out of his condo, so he goes to live with Abed. Uh, at the same time, Vaughn picks musical beef with everyone <laughs> and uh, uh, Troy uh, Annie helps out Troy while he's trying to set up a date and this is another episode yeah. where every th- all the plot lines nicely curtail it's together really packed in yeah they and characters will like Britta will leave one plot line and go walk into her own uh, and the the Troy plot line and the Vaughn Britta plot line resolve at the same time it's these beautiful little bits of uh, synergy. I'm very impressed. Very impressed. Are you saying my people are sneaky? <laughs> Sorry, I just remembered that line. Oh, look, it's the eavesdropping matador. Are you trying to say my people are sneaky? <laughs> trying to say like, my what? Uh, Ken Jong, just fucking. Uh, Ken Jong, especially in season one, is so fucking funny so throughout dumb. the course well, of the show. Like goes from like insane to deranged real quick. Yeah. Uh, by the time you get to like the end of season three, and he is a dictator, uh, yeah. there, mm-hmm. there, there is a change that has taken place. I like 
all of it generally, but season one season Chang one, uh, Spanish teacher really is. Nice. Yeah. My name is Chang and I can't be killed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, exceptional stuff. Um, I, I backtracked. No, you're all good. <laughs> I, I have been working on a personal theory. Uh, and I have yet to find uh, uh, refutation, is that every good TV comedy includes at least one original song. One funny original song. And I am having trouble finding evidence to the contrary. You know, Arrested Development has a bunch. Parks and Rec has all the stuff with uh, Andy. Um, little Sebastian. Exactly. Uh, so the Office sneaks a couple in there. Yep. Uh, and of and course, you have Craig Robinson, who has like it in his contract that he must sing on whatever project you bring him in on. <laughs> the paper person's paper, um, people. Yeah. Nope. Or Bojack Horseman even has it. Bojack has a few. And Bojack yeah. will just. It, they're not all diegetic, but Bojack will have an episode sure. set in like 2006, and the music will be like 2006, 2006. <laughs> Uh, I think think that the the, like musical comedy is just like a time-tested tradition within the genre and I I, that makes perfect sense to me that's a great theory I I, I back that I support I'm working on it How I Met Your Mother has a song in it How I Met Your Mother has several Murder Train Uh, that was uh, How I Met Your Mother has oh uh, Barney's Suits song uh, are we, dare we go on? They do have a dare okay. we go okay. on? Okay, okay. okay. Lin Wan Mel Miranda is in an episode, <laughs> and he raps in his episode. Right, How I dare you, up. sir? I fucked up. I'm sorry. How dare you? Yeah, you fucked up. You own up. I this is a TV crime, show and you're and guilty. It does not stand up, so I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I was really worried about that. Barney is I used just to, the most cringeworthy character on the face of the I used yeah. to love that show so much, I and I don't want to go back. <laughs> don't get me it's, wrong, it was, it's still good. It's still good, but there's a lot of moments where you're just like, oh, God, just get through it. There's a lot of moments where you're like, is Barney a rapist? <laughs> is, yeah. is he a serial? Yes. He's constantly manipulating people into sleeping with them. Boy, 2004 was a different time. <laughs> Can you imagine? 2004 was so different. Whereas, like, you know, and not every show aged that terribly. I find that Scrubs generally aged pretty well as far as these these things. You know, just there are parts that did not age well. The office. The people argue that the office is like unwatchable now, and I don't see that. Because it seems like every faux pas they go into is specifically to make someone look like an absolute asshole. Well, it's yeah, like it's never it's never like let's make a joke at gay people's expense and everyone be in on it. It's always like one person says a thing and the rest of the room's like, you can't say that. <laughs> I mean, it's right. one of those things where it's like, it, well, it's the the office was like peak cringe comedy it was intentionally like even for its time they were saying stuff that wasn't okay but it's one of those things where it's functionally the re- the, the way it's changed now is um we've come to understand currently that when you make a joke that is fucked up to not playing it as like this is funny but the part that's funny is people being like oh my god that's so messed up it's it's not saying directly that it's okay but what it's doing is that it's implying that it's laughable and it's something that we can just laugh off 
when we've entered a period where it's like we need to actively dismantle these things. Yeah, so it yeah. really rides a really For interesting sure. line. And The Office is one that, like, foundationally and, like, by definition, walks that line really hard. So there are parts where it I'm like, lives yeah. on that line. <laughs> the Office yeah, that's lives what on its that purpose line. is. Yeah, that's yeah. entirely what its purpose is. Yeah, is it? Sure. Is it? Does it sort of reek of you know white privilege? A tiny bit, but at the same time, like it launched Mindy Kaling's career, and she was a head writer. And her being a woman of color was a massive input onto why that show was successful in doing what it did. Because it wasn't just Chevy Chase being like, "I'm going to be racist for less." Yeah, great. Right. <laughs> and rant. Yeah, it's Racial it's a it's a tricky lawsuit. topic, uh, and we will <laughs> we will keep bouncing off of this issue over yeah. and over again yeah. in discussion of this show. Um, and, and it might vary like on a case by case basis. Generally, I think yeah. community holds up to most scrutiny, but there is, um, there is, there is, I will be, I, I, I have, I have been a little hesitant. It's uh, episode 25 of season one does use the T slur a whole bunch. And I'm not sure how comfortable I am really even like talking about that episode. Oh, uh, the, the, the community with the, the transfer the dance. Yeah. yeah. The, yeah, the it, tranny dance. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, which is like that, that term. It doesn't exist anymore. Like we've put that term in the toilet. It cannot I mean, like exist it's, it's, in contemporary it's, it's society. A violent slur. It's like it's you know yeah. it's like it's the trans equivalent of the n word. Like I don't even say like being in the trans community. I don't even really say the t slur. Like that's just like one mm-hmm. of those things that you don't do. So like you know, sure. and it was one of those things where I was I was on, was on Facebook and another uh, another trans trans activist performer I know was like, oh my god, I completely forgot that community has this episode where they all have these sashes on. And I was like, fuck. You know, it was yeah. just one of those moments where you're like, damn it. And you know, but at the same time, like that was a hot bit in the two thousands. Like everyone loved to make Tesler jokes. Absolutely. For I mean some it was reason. the it was the biggest joke in the world that like uh, and 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 it extends back to like uh, there's this popular idea in music and in comedy of like oh dude looks like a lady like this this oh, it looks like a girl is, is a mess. but she's gonna she's gonna trick you a situation that has happened let me uh, count it zero times uh, where you've been bamboozled into having sex with a man when you didn't intend uh, zero right. times it's not a thing the whole it, it's the trap narrative and like people even consider trap in that context to be kind of slur like like mm-hmm. it's 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 not real <laughs> it's it's intensely dangerous for trans women specifically, specifically, even more specifically trans women of color. Like these are people that are getting murdered for existing because people think that they're being tricked, even though they're not. And it's because there's this whole perspective that everything is about them. And they think that they're entitled to these people's bodies and knowing these things. And it exists in the comedy world through the idea through the repeated, like, look, let's put a man in a dress and it's funny. And I look at that and I go, there is, nothing funny about that but it's been it's like a thing that we lean on especially around this time in comedy so it's one of those am i surprised that it happened no am i disappointed bet your sweet ass i am sure absolutely and uh i think there's a lot of topics that again we will broach this as this character evolves but the the dean will prove to be an interesting topic of conversation as far as all of these it's a true, and I, you know, I'm bi, but that doesn't give me an authority over these sorts of things. So I, 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 
it is up for uh we will have to discuss it as that character sort sure. of grows and changes and advances of like is where where on the line does the dean live because objectively he is funny but is he also offensive is like where do we live in this in this space i think and i've been i've been thinking about it since this show started i'm like it's like it's what's there's there's the line when we first introduced to vaughn where it's where it's a background line and if you're not paying attention you miss it it's britta going Wow, I had no idea that that's what asexual meant. And it's like one of those things where I find that line to be ultimately actually very funny. Um, yeah, because, for sure. Because it's Britta. But also, like, as someone, like, I mean, even, like, from a meta perspective, the asexual community is one that is, there's still, it's still very, it's, it's, it, there's a lot that is still being discovered in the asexual community. When you talk about like queer theory stuff, asexuality is always like touched on, but nobody really dives into it because the research hasn't really been done yet. So the idea of people just not knowing what an asexual is, is, is funny to me simply because I look at it in a, through a very specific lens, you know? So, it, but it's, it's 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 one of those interesting interesting things. It's like um, accidental non-binary representation in like the good place when Janet goes not a girl, like hilarious. Yeah, for sure, for sure. It's one of those kind of things. Yeah, it's all very fascinating. Obviously, we're very excited to talk about this episode of Community, uh, which is why I mean I I think it's a funny episode of the show. There's just not there's not a lot of meat to to pick apart off of these bones. Uh, it's it's no. pretty it's pretty sparse. It's very funny. I you know yeah. uh, Vaughn a is bit of funny development with Troy and Annie and like that kind of relationship you know and mm-hmm. that's that's kind of a fun little I hate thing you to I love with. you I want to have your babies yeah we are not far off from this show abandoning that plot line entirely uh, spoilers I guess if you're return. really invested in Troy and Annie yeah mm-hmm. except for one return later this season. Yeah, I am exactly. Kind of excited about that though. I, I, there is some. I mean, of course, we have the fucking you know Britta and Jeff narrative, which is you know you have to have the romantic interest narrative. For sure. Whatever. Right. But like for me to introduce because it's so common for it to be like, well, there's the couple that might be, and then there's the couple that is, and then there's the couple, the other couple that might be. Like that's a common theme in a lot of comedies. If you look even in Shakespearean terms, like comedies end in a wedding, like a mass wedding, like it's a trope. For sure. So for them, <laughs> for them to be able to go, hey, there's these two characters that one of them has a huge crush on them, and they just like don't give it to you. I love that. I love and- that. And yeah. and talk about people dressing up as uh, genders they don't identify as and looking at William fucking Shakespeare who thought nothing was funnier in the entire world than someone dressing up like a lady. It was the funniest thing in the world. Well, but then it also, it, at times it was, but then at times it wasn't. Like, that was common practice even in his most dramatic pieces. Like, That's true. to be able to be a man that played a woman's role was a prestigious part of the troop you know so it's 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 not it's the thing that was great about it i mean it's still like the whole man in a dress thing but they played the thing about it that was funny was the man in a dress was doing funny things it wasn't just there's a guy in a dress because that was commonplace on the stage you know it's 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 a fine line uh a lot of time has passed i can't really uh you know 
give Billy Shakes a little pat on the wrist. He's not here to get, you know. Is Shakespeare canceled? Yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly. <laughs> He's not on Twitter oh, no. and drag him. So, He'll never know. work again. Um, yeah, I mean, we are, we are, uh, the character of Annie takes off in literally the next episode that we're going to cover next week, uh, when she is finally, like, we can take the Troy of it away, and she gets to expand into her own character. Um, Britta is going to take a little bit longer, but the same thing, once we really pump away from the Jeff and Britta dynamic is when that character can really, like, shoot off and do her own thing. And I think that that's an exciting thing. I mean, I am biased. Like I said, I like it when the heterosexual couple doesn't actually end up together. Sure. But it does. It really does do some pretty exciting stuff for what they get to do with the show with this just by being like, okay, this isn't going to happen. Cool. Yeah. And then cool. it's, it's exciting also, because it's truptifying. The more we yeah. the more we talk about, like, archetypes and, like, representation uh, in this show because it's going to continue as we've mentioned several times this episode. I'm 100%. always I'm always reminded by the fact that like kind of everybody in this show is a blatant stereotype that tries to yeah. play it down every episode. Absolutely. So I that again like going back to the office and how it justifies this lewd or inappropriate comedy by framing it against people who are far less lewd and inappropriate. I think this show does a good job of letting stereotypes come out for an episode just for other people to back them down and then their stereotypes come out the next episode so that another character can back it down and like yeah even one of the first times where i was like oh god with the dean is that episode where they're going through like horror stories we've far jumped forward um for sure (laughs) and i remember thinking that and being like oh god they're leaning on it and then the next episode is advanced gay which is right pierce and the the, the Hawthorne Wipes episode. And, like, they, there's so many different... It's weird. It's hard to, like, wrestle with because you, you see one and you're like, uh, they made Shirley a gossipy housewife. Right. They, they, and... they, also, they also let these stereotypes play off of each other. Like, yeah. Pierce, being, Pierce being kind of like a grunt, a crotchety old, you know, offensive old man. Calling Britta a lesbian all the time. And, then <laughs> and, and play, Jeff Gay all the time. And Jeff, yeah, like, exactly. It's like really stuff. And so they play with that, and then Britta being like the feminist stuff, the way that they kind of subvert the trope of les- all feminists are lesbians. And then at the same time, simultaneously create this beautifully, just like wonderfully great, wholesome relationship between Troy and Abed, where even if you were to call them gay to their face, it doesn't even bother them. It's no. like it's like it's they're really just exciting. They're, they're just jealous. jealous. Yeah, they're, they're just jealous. jealous. They're just jealous. It's <laughs> it's 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 exciting. I mean, like you know, stereotypes are stereotypes, but it's exciting to see the way that they are able to use them to subvert stereotypes. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. With uh, with the only exception that I can think of being uh, Chang, every one of the community <laughs> main cast is a very definable stereotype that we've seen a hundred times before so and so like and these characters actually do become like breaks away from it pretty quickly troy breaks away from his original one and just becomes generic dumb guy uh um as his default stereotype (laughs) but each of these characters (laughs) yeah each of these characters are actually really 
round and well-defined eventually, but when it's like a Jeff and Annie episode, the supporting cast will fall back on those old stereotypes yeah. just as like a nice baseline. And yeah, then I, when it's each of their time to shine, they can go be deep characters. I just keep hearing in the back of my head, well, I may be stupid, but I'm not trying to look like I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> well, I may be stupid, but I'm not a lesbian. Uh, <laughs> exactly. exactly exactly and then she's like what <laughs> that, makes, that makes no sense i'll make your ass sense <laughs> <laughs> oh you know yvette nicole brown kind of gets the shortest end of the stick of all of the main cast but she has some fucking line deliveries on this show Man, that yeah. are incredible it's a oh like she's like the, there was there was the relationship drama going between two of the characters and she's like oh man I walked with the wrong couple today I should apologize y'all Jeff and uh, Britta are Jeff dead air are dead air yeah it's it's like it's she really she's I I love her she actually is such a wholesome and exciting note that sews together she doesn't get a lot of yeah she doesn't get a lot of that attention as some of these other characters do but I, I'm I'm certainly thankful for her. She can kill yeah. the material that she's given every single time. Every single time. She really does a great job. <laughs> all right. So I, I have... Oh, oh, go ahead. Yeah. Oh, no, the... all you. I want to point out my favorite line from this episode, which is when Britta turns off the Jeffersons. <laughs> and Jeff goes, hey, what are you doing? That was the Jeffersons, honky. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Think about how much happier the Jeffersons were than that family on Good Times. Yeah, but they had good times. <laughs> uh, Jeff and Abed are living that quarantine life long before the rest of us were. Yes, Eleven years. In the last two days, I've spent a quarter. TV's the best dad there is. <laughs> TV never abused and insulted you? Unless TV you count never... Cop Rock. <laughs> it was Cop um, Rock. So good. So good. What is Cop Rock? Sounds pretty cool. Yeah, doesn't it? Oh, Cop Rock is a... Are you too familiar with Cop Rock? I'm not, actually. I am not. Okay, so brief history of Cop Rock. It's a one-season television show that wanted to be a down-the-middle cop drama. The exception being, at least twice per episode, they broke out into song. Uh, and uh, my favorite song... <laughs> the cover of this show is the most... Yeah, my favorite oh. song from the history of Cop Why Rock is called uh, Baby Merchant, where a guy who will get you a baby uh, sings about how he'll get you a baby with all the service, no damn fuss. Uh, I'm just going to go ahead, listening audience, come back after this. I'm going to insert the whole song Baby Merchant into this podcast in three, two, oh one, bam. I give you all the service and no damn fun. 
You're welcome, audience, for for that little jaunt uh, down TV history lane. There is an excellent article uh, written by Nathan Rabin for his column, My My World of Flops, uh, about Cop Rock. I recommend everybody go read it. Um, but it's a it's a it's a truly terrible piece of TV that I love very deeply. From 1990, from ABC. From ABC. It's uh, 53 percent so- on Rotten Tomatoes and 4.3 out of 10 on IMDb. Yeah, it's not, it's not a well-loved program. That's fantastic. Uh, so I have here opened up the great uh, Word document, the great community <laughs> rankings, uh, where we rank both the end tags and the episodes themselves. So let's begin with end tags. Our first end tag uh, is the oh uh, Batman God. chat. Uh, uh, the I want <laughs> to put Batman chat above Dr. Doogie Seacrest, which is our number two. And here mm-hmm. is why. It is for Donald Glover's delivery of there's a little gingerbread man behind the wheel and he's drunk. <laughs> <laughs> I also I also love it. He goes, he goes, you eat yourself? I wouldn't even think about it. I wouldn't even question it. That's my greatest fear. Like one way I would wake up as a donut. Uh, <laughs> you know, I'm glad someone else thinks about the same things I do. <laughs> yeah, I think so, I would put that above Doctor Doogie Seacrest because it's it's there's something it's it's exciting it's you gotta get that like there's there's this new level of their relationship yet again just like Coppelgangers brought it up and these guys just popped yeah. it up once more. <laughs> Fuck Coppelgangers! I forgot I forget about them every time until they show up on screen and I'm like oh shit. <laughs> Coppelgangers. Fucking ace. This is ace. Yeah, that's some, that's some good shit. And that was all you, Caleb. I just edited that episode. That was all you. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, uh, are we in agreement? Our new number two? Batman chat. Of course, beneath the Spanish rap, uh, which will probably forever be number one. But, you know, who knows? Maybe. 
Uh, and so waters, pepper water's up there for me. Pepper water. Why would you put pepper in water? Pepper water. Uh, and the other end tag is uh, Troy and Abed are not in. Uh, it is it is Pierce and uh, Jacques Slade, and Jacques Slade is doing yeah. a rap that Pierce wrote, which admittedly is very funny. It's actually uh, good. He do, has do a big know, poop did... breakfast with a glass of pee. Do we know if Donald Glover wrote that? No, that was uh, Dan Harmon and somebody else did the lyrics, and then that guy um, does a series of rap songs throughout the show. So he does the the You Cannot Kill Chang song. He does um, it when in the pilot when the dean uh, accidentally hits the the radio and yeah. it's like I'm as hot as hell and you're about to get shot. That is that is him. That yeah. is just like they made a fake rap song because it was cheaper than licensing a, a real rap song. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Uh, so how Bob's do we fear? Of- so bad his butt's mad at his mouth. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that line, I'm sorry. That's a fucking bar. Like, that. Yeah. <laughs> his amazing. butt's mad at his mouth? His breath must be really bad. Holy shit, he came for that guy. Oh, man. Okay, uh, this is tough. Okay, now, you might, uh, y'all might not like me for this one. I think uh, that might be our new number two. I lo- that rap tickles me quite a bit. It's super good, dude. I, it's, it's good, but I would put that, I would put that after Capo Gangers, but above Pencil Mouth. Okay, okay, okay. Mm, I would, uh, maybe, I'd, maybe I'd put it above Coppelgangers. I was going to say, I would put it below Doogie Seacrest. Dr. Doogie Seacrest. Dr. Doogie Seacrest. Uh, yeah, I, I, I can agree to those terms. Okay. Put it in the Pierce fourth spot. Poop rap. Here's poop rap. Pierce poop rap. That's a new. That's my new theater uh, warm up. Pierce poop rap. Pierce, oh my god, I thought you were going to say you were going to audition for musicals with the Pierce poop rap. Okay, but <laughs> yes, actually, go I'm going to uh, go to musical auditions and sing "Pierce, You're a Bee." Uh, it'll be really, <laughs> be really good. Those songs are fucking catchy, dude. Those songs are fucking. I've been hysterical. singing that all fucking week, man. Pierce, 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 Pierce is a bee. I guess that's what happens when fucking Ludwig Göransson does all your music. Uh, it's really good. It's, it's also so exciting that both of those songs are like so ska. Like that's they're that's they're so very funny. ska, and they both call they both refer to someone as a bee, not a bitch. It's infinitely funnier that Britta and Pierce are both bees. And the and the. The fact the dude comes out and raps in like a bad patois. <laughs> his yeah. body made of wrinkles and folds, stupid and ugly. He smelled like a fart. Got poo in, in, in his pants and poo poo in my heart. heart. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. We must so we must rank the episodes. Uh, so first, uh, introduction to statistics. Uh, the first Halloween episode. Community does holidays very well, generally. Very well. Um, uh, we can always count on a Halloween or a Christmas episode to be a fucking banger. I'm going to hit you with uh, a hot take and say this is a new number three spot for me. New number three. Above the pilot, below introduction to film. That's where I think that one goes, yeah. Yo, okay. the rap in Pierce's song about, or in, in Vaughn's song about Pierce is also very good. It's also very good! The boy are That's Tom true. Arnold and we are Roseanne. That's why we divorced him straight from the band. 
Like, fuck, yeah. dude. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> oh, man. It's oh, so shit. Oh, shit. Okay. Um, introduction to statistics. Uh, Caleb, where do you, where do you feel? Um, it's a Halloween episode, man. It's gotta go both pilot, but it's not better than Abed making a movie. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I I can agree to these terms. S1, E7, introduction to statistics, uh, our new number three in between the pilot and introduction to film. Uh, the next is, uh, home economics. Home economics. I think season one, episode eight goes in the eight spot. I would agree. You think with it's that. the worstest one so far? Wow. Not okay. the worstest one. Just the. It's not. I mean, the, the worst, worst of the of, season of the it's eight. Just, no, it's not the. I don't know. It's either seven or eight for me. It could be slightly better than Spanish one hundred and one, simply for the raps. Yeah, I the the I cannot put the episode that includes these two songs by Vaughn and this post credits rap beneath You're right. You're right. the current slate of programming. I I am willing to put it at number seven, which is lower than where I would put it. But well, I cannot. I about all the songs in this one. I was more thinking about what takes place, and that's pretty low key. Sure. Yeah, the, the the Jeff and Abed also, thing. It's, to be fair, it's fine. We put- we put football feminism in you at the top strictly because of Donald Glover's prime line deliveries. Some so fucking like, prime shit. So, like, you know, there's give and take. Okay, because f- for me... between five and six? Five and six. That is, uh... I'm willing to hear it. I would maybe even go Wait, yeah, one up. One up? I would... I would say uh, the new number five in between pilot and advanced criminal law. Which, what happens in advanced criminal law again, though? That's the pool trial. That's Britta on trial, yeah. Oh, God. It's Britta on trial. That's Abed is an alien. Um, I would put it below advanced criminal law. I think that that one has two really solid plot lines, and the raps do make it real good, but I don't think it takes it above uh, advanced criminal law. Advanced criminal law is just such a slam dunkin'. Yeah. <laughs> did you seriously just... Oh. Yes, I did. Right. I did, right. and you agreed right. with it before you realized it. Yeah, it's, I it's sure canon did. Now. It's canon I now, I sure dude. did. It sure <laughs> is canon. God damn For it. sure. All right, so yes, new number six beneath advanced criminal law, but above <laughs> social happens. psychology. <laughs> the two the two Vaughn episodes are kissing. They're, they're, they're right next to each other. They're kissing. I'm, excited, I'm excited that... I'm excited that there's actual, like, we're getting to the point of seeing enough episodes where we actually have a bit of discourse as to, like, where these episodes yeah. rank. Like, we're starting to debate a little bit. Yeah, now, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, and get ready for next week when we have a new number one. Uh... <laughs> Wait, what's next week? I don't remember. I don't remember. Uh, next week we have the debate episode, uh, <laughs> and, and we have the first uh, Chang episode as well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that debate episode is some uh, fucking really good shit. It's the first, like, A-grade episode in this show. The first one that I'm, like, solid gold fucking stamp on uh, Debate 109. But that is a topic for next week. Uh, For now, uh, we have an end tag of our own, uh, wherein we talk about uh, the shit we're making uh, and where uh, you can check us out. Uh, First, uh, you can follow this whole show 
uh, on Twitter at Greendale three. Uh, I would like to shout out to all the fucking community fans and fellow shows and accounts that we've been uh, talking to uh, the last couple weeks uh, in a time that I think uh, even those of us that are well off are having kind of a rough one. Yep. Uh, talking to these <laughs> fucking Alan community nerds clear. online. <laughs> yeah. Talking to these community nerds online has truly been like a joy for me. Uh, and it's something. What? Oh, Ellen but... made a joke about how she was despairing in her like mansion. <laughs> yeah, Ellen, she's like, having such chill. a rough one. <laughs> yeah, poor <laughs> Ellen in her palatial mansion, locked in it with Portia de Rossi. I mean, like, what are they gonna do all day? Well, <laughs> what would any? What would? What are? What are Ellen and Portia de Rossi even gonna think of being able to do when yeah. they live in fucking Versailles? Uh, yeah, it's... <laughs> For what it's worth, I'll give her the credit that she was making a joke. But yeah, I, that I joke get it. Didn't land. Everyone was like, "Nah, dude." I think I think I, 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 I got a sense she was starting to lose a little touch of where what that where she can walk that line when she um what was the name of her last special? Oh, I can't remember. I just remember it having a five minute bit about people that pronounce library as library. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is uh, children. She's just talking about children. (laughs) (laughs) You know that very relatable problem we all have where people mispronounce library? (laughs) Ellen, oh, you're really, you're on the fucking button once again. Right there, right on the pulse. No, I just remember hearing... Yeah, I remember seeing seeing the name of the special and it was something like, it's so hard to be me. And I was like, I get you're being ironic, but like, no. But also, you're too rich for this. Shut the fuck you're too up. Rich. Like, we're not gonna even like humor you with false sympathy at this point. I'm looking. Oh, okay. Uh, it was relatable. It was called. Her special was called relatable. Yeah. Well, I want to talk about that title the way Abed acts like he's being sarcastic. <laughs> so much easier to tell. What I'm doing so hard. <laughs> oh, sarcasm is so interesting. Uh, yeah, uh, but anyway, that that Twitter account is uh, it is at Greendale three. If you want to follow uh, the three of us, I can also give the two of you uh, access to that if you would like. <laughs> oh my god! I just haven't. Um, great. Uh, uh, me personally, uh, at TV's Kevin Lanigan on all the shit. Uh, mostly I am just, uh, tweeting about Persona 5 and, uh, what, uh, projects I'm currently working on. Uh, Puffin Publishing Podcast is my improv comedy show. Uh, Jan Jive Action Nerds is my tabletop RPG show. Uh, and I, God willing, and the crick don't rise, I'll be publishing another Cola Wars short story, uh, about the bloody conflict between Coke and Pepsi here later this month. And the place to find that is tvskevin.substack.com. And, uh, hey, if you have $1 a month, uh, patreon.com slash TV's Kevin. There you go. Do it. Do it. No. Do it now. Do it, do now. it now. It's not a tumor. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can follow me on all sorts of social media at, uh, at J-A-C-E-N-Z-I-E-V. That is Jason Ziv. Um, yeah, I'm gonna, I've, I've been doing this thing. I, I don't really have a whole lot of stuff to be planning. I talked about my show in the first episode. Not a whole lot has developed for mainstream discourse. Um, but I've been doing this. I know, right? It's kind of, <laughs> I'm being all secretive. Ooh, hashtag vague book. But I've been doing this kind of fun uh, shout out of other people and things that I think are really 
exciting and worth following. So I'm going to give a shout out to Ring of Keys Org. They are an arts advocacy organization that promotes the hiring of queer women and TGNC musical theater artists on stage and off. Uh, I am a member of Ring of Keys, as well as a bunch of other artists I know that are involved with the show that I'm doing, as well as other projects that I'm close by to and know people involved with. They are absolutely fantastic. They're really doing the work for these kind of people in this art form. Uh, and if you like, speaking of musical numbers, if you like musicals, check out Ring of Keys Org if you want to queer up that canon a little bit. That's my plug and I'm sticking with it. Pew, 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 pew. I, I feel like there's a, a universe that exists where a character on Community could be asked what they're doing and their answer could be clearing up my canon. Oh, uh, that would be me. If, I would be yeah, that character. If, yeah. if Community Season 7 existed and they went through like another cast change, there might be a character that would fit that bill. <laughs> it would be me. I would force them to cast me and I would cause them <laughs> intense problems with their with everything going on. No, <laughs> Uh, I almost well, you had an intense problem with HR, which is definitely not what would happen. No, probably not. Absolutely no. not. Never. We could never say that. <laughs> uh, you can find me everywhere. It's important at LoveWub. Um, I write about games, podcast about games, and play games. So you can find all that stuff at nerdybits.com or twitch.tv slash nerdybitstv. Because we are streaming Stardew Valley right now because I made, Hell the mis- yeah. I made the mistake of putting that game off for nearly five years. And decided to play it with friends now that it's co-op, and I didn't realize it was the full campaign, just co-op, and like oh, we're, fight, we're fighting over lovers, and it's incredible. <laughs> <laughs> I decided in my head I was going to date one specific townsperson, and then I went back to the game the next day, and they played longer than me, and someone else started courting her, and I was like, "You rat, son of a bitch!" <laughs> is it? Uh, is it Emily? I think I romanced Emily. No, I was going to go after Leah because she's an artist and she forages for plants in the forest. And that's just. Oh, uh, most... yeah. yeah. Leah's cool. But Leah's I wanna... cool. I went for the blue haired bartender. That was my that was my strat. Yeah, that was my sure. pro strat. I wrote and the, the game asks you what your favorite thing is when you start. And I typed books because I'm a fucking nerd. And the first town's person I interacted with was like, I just love books. So I'm trying to date Penny now because that's just it has how it has to be. That's exceptional. Uh, Stardew Valley has this great feature where it asks you for like one great thing at the beginning of the game and you don't know the context of what you're putting in. So I put Lost on DVD and now every time I get like a health upgrade, it's like it makes you feel like Lost on DVD. (laughs) (laughs) That's hysterical. That's incredible. Stardew Valley is a good game. If y'all are looking to kill a few uh, months, I would recommend (laughs) Stardew Valley. (laughs) It is, ext- it is Harvest now Moon, is the time. but better. Uh, so we'll be back next week uh, with a debate episode and a Chang episode. Uh, but until then, we have been the Greendale so. 3. <gasps> pop, pop! Pop, pop! Damn it, Bell. 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 You know what? That's all right. That's all right. I just want to ask peers, maybe grab a pencil, take some notes. I'm about to drop knowledge. Pierce, I don't need you in my band. I don't need your heart or your hand. Oh, I don't need you in my life. Oh, you
Pierce, 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 pierce your appeal. 